You're listening to the Tim and Sammy podcast. I can't think of anything better than that. You're listening to Tim and Sammy. Who? <laughs> I think there's blame on both sides. Tim and Sammy. That is actually ringing some bells now. <laughs> I think that's a little more exciting. <laughs> that is fantastic. But I ain't spending any time on it. <laughs> no way. Oh, beautiful. Great right to catch up. You're listening to the Tim and Sammy podcast. Tim and Sammy. Tim and Sammy. We'll be back. <laughs> G'day everybody, welcome to the Tim and Sammy podcast for another week, thanks for joining us and joining me as always is a man, well, well how would you describe him? The self-described YouTube star, he thinks he's hilarious, now you can be the judge. <laughs> he thinks he's hilarious, Sam Garlett, thanks for joining yeah. me. <laughs> thanks for joining me as well Tim. <laughs> I am now describing myself as a YouTube star. Well, we'll um, be the judge of that, Sammy, it's been a big week, what have we got on the podcast this week? There's a lot of Australian Open news, taking over Melbourne. Yes, big time of year. Trump's health is in the news. Ah, new movie coming out. I've got a few uh, inside details on that. Big Pope news as well, which is <laughs> our favourite segment. All the religious news, that's my specialty, but I'll <laughs> let you have this one. And Bitcoin, what happens to it when you die? Nobody knows. <laughs> Fortunately, you're in good health and don't have an investment. All that and any other business, plenty more coming up this week on the Tim and Sammy podcast. Timmy, welcome back. Great to see you. Sammy, great to see you. We're back again. And I forgot to actually welcome the listeners. No, I didn't. Yeah, we probably should welcome them. Such a uh, sweet, took us a down and uh, get installed. How have, you, how have you been, Tim? Been very well, Sammy. We've seen each other quite a lot this week. We have. It's been a big week. Yeah, it has. You're looking well. Uh, You've lo- you been getting out in the sun? <laughs> Much? Uh, no, I've been avoiding it. Tim, look, yeah, as you said, it is our third podcast and usually it does take a while for big media personalities, you know, people in the spotlight. Eventually, they'll have to, you know, they do something wrong. They slip up. They have to make an apology uh, to the media, etc. As yet, we are yet to need an apology. Yeah, Tim, that's what I thought, but there's oh, been a, no. l- a lot of backlash. Has there really? So, uh, I just would like to throw back to our first podcast and a chat we're having about a young tennis star. Alex Dominia has stunned Milos Raonic to earn a spot in the Brisbane International quarterfinals. He's just good on him. Yeah. His uh, stirring straight sets victory left many Australian fans asking, Who? <laughs> <laughs> Who? The 18-year-old wildcard prevailed 6-4, 6-4 on Wednesday night to, for the biggest win of his burgeoning career. I'm not sure what burgeoning means. I'm pretty sure it means inexistent. <laughs> so well done to... Uh, Aiden Manure. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit awkward now because since Ooh. then, this young star has captured the hearts of a nation. Right. Uh, it, Alex, the demon, demon or... Yeah. We know oh, his we, name now. We called him Demanure. De oh, that was just, it was just rude. Um, he's the Aussie battler spirit reborn. Made it to the second round of the Aussie Open. And I think uh, we've no, been called no, out. No, he didn't. Didn't he? Didn't he lose in the first round? Did he win? Did he lose straight away? I think he lost straight away. I thought he won one. No, he lost straight away. Thomas Burdick. Was that his first round? Oh. I think that was his first round. Oh. <laughs> I think that was his first round. Anyway, so he did lose. So he is a loser. Uh, <laughs> no apology necessary. No, no, we are sorry. We will remember you for longer than two weeks. Uh, yeah, we're sorry, Adrian. Uh, Alex. <laughs> now, it's not the only apology, Tim. I know I'm making an apology, but you. I need to make an yeah, apology, I'm sorry, do I? But there's also another Australian icon that uh, you particularly made fun of. Uh, Tim, we'll just throw back to our, our first podcast uh, when you insulted this great icon. <laughs> No, it's actually called The Garn on SBS. It's 7.30 on Sunday night. It is a three-hour non-stop train ride. No ads, no talking, just a train driving through Australia for three hours non-stop. But, like, just think about it, Tim. Some of the greatest movies that have ever been made. <laughs> yeah. Shawshank Redemption. Great movie. Uh, Schindler's List. Great Titanic. Movie. 
Great movie. These come in at nearly three hours long. <laughs> nearly three hours. How many times have you heard someone, it's a great movie, but oh, it's just too long. <laughs> but no, no, no. I will watch three hours of a train <laughs> traveling through the country. And also, conversely, have you ever been on a train and think, God, this would make a great movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I didn't know. T- Tim? No, hang on. Hang on, Tim. No, hang no, on. Hang, no, you on. Ha- hang on. Who's hanging on? Well, you hang on. Okay. I stand by my comments. Well, hang on. Now, after all of that, Tim, on that Sunday night, that fateful Sunday night, what did you watch on Sunday night? Oh, we, I mean, we watched a few different things. Particularly uh, at 7pm through to 10pm. Oh, God. That's, my memory is uh, <laughs> not as... I think we may have caught just a little bit Ladies of... Ladies and gentlemen, um, Tim McDonald uh, watched the entire... Well, not the entire. <laughs> watched the entire thing. He well, loved it. was it. on in the background. But you loved it. We didn't sit there for three hours and watch it. I, 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 well, I'll be honest, I, I did enjoy it. You loved it, though. Yeah, you did. And after all that, you actually quite enjoyed it. I did actually. You told me behind the scenes. But I think, <laughs> Tim, I think that you owe an apology to um, the Garn. Well, I, I will give that apology... Uh, on the 2nd of February when you and I are travelling from Adelaide to Darwin. To Darwin. And we're doing a live podcast. On the, the whole- gun, 54 hours. That's it. 54 hours yes. straight. Forget slow TV, it's slow podcast. <laughs> I think that's what I our regular we, podcast is. I think we've been doing is. that already. Sammy, tennis fever is uh, gripping the country. Have you caught much of the Aussie Open? I have, mate. It's reaching a fever pitch. <laughs> You give, me, you give me fever, fever that I can't deny when I get that tennis feeling. Now, I have been watching the tennis, mate, and because it's actually important. You've, have you been watching this week? I've been watching a little bit this week. Obviously, the Aussie Open happening in Melbourne. Yes, because, and you've got to watch, a lot of people make the mistake of getting into it too late. You've got to get on it straight away the first week, because by the second week, all the Aussies are out. There's no one to watch anymore. You're, you're, you're watching. You've really got to start day one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because we have seen so many few. Aussies in action yeah. on day one, though, Sammy. I mean, I mean, not sure how many of them made it through, but <laughs> no, no, Ed Stoza, Demon, or sorry again. Yeah, um, Woodbridge unsuccessful. Yeah. Uh, and calling. Jeez, Rod Laver had a tough, tough draw as well. <laughs> Bit of controversy surrounding a few of the games. Uh, the nighttime games, Nick Kyrgios's match. Um, there's a lot. That's go- unusual for there to be <laughs> controversy surrounding Nick, Nick Kyrgios. I know he's usually just such a quiet guy. Gets his job done. Yeah, no not fast. M- no. Doesn't like to make a big song and dance about it. <laughs> not at all. But uh, during his match, there's there's heaps going on. There's a lot of interruptions. Um, also in the spotlight is uh, Nick Kyrgios's brother. Christos, Christos, yes. Christos Kyrgios. Christos has been issued with a bit of a please explain um, because he's been donning these t-shirts, these bright oh. blue betting advertising really? t-shirts. So it's a sports bet branded t-shirts. If we can mention sports bre- bet. Sports Brett. Well, we can't, we can't mention sports no, Brett. No, we can't mention sports Brett. Uh, <laughs> He's just one guy in a shed who's operating but, his own little... Yeah, so one of the things is Christos has been wearing these yeah, these bright blue t-shirts and yeah. they've got different slogans on it and I think it's controversy because... Well, I think it goes against the official gambling partner. I think is William Hill. Yes. So for him to be wearing sports bet, what do the t-shirts say? The t-shirts, so I think uh, the, last, the last match we had Chill Bro on it, which was... Um, oh, yeah? Sure, chill out, Nick. And the other, the first one we had was Nick Nick Boom. Ah, of course, a reference to uh, the Chick Chick Boom girl. Another uh, uh, Australian treasure. Another Australian. We, we, we really need to tread Australian carefully. Icon. We need to tread carefully here. I think it's uh, still before the courts. But so uh, I think the the representatives, representatives from the Oz Open organisers they were saying, you know, is it ideal for him to wear that overt marketing like that? No. No. But can we do anything about it? Also, no. No, well, you can't tell them what to wear. It's a sneaky but obvious ploy. Like, what if they just started buying fans tickets and you know. 
Uh, the whole area was just devoted to people wearing them. To be a sea of yeah, yeah, of blue like the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> The ocean is a sea of blue. Uh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I actually think it's a. I think it's a super smart idea. So many of you listeners probably won't notice now that I'm actually wearing a sports bet t-shirt. He is. right now. It's. I did. I what does it say? Grand Sam. <laughs> that's it. Well, there's more controversy. There's more controversy at the Nick Kyrgios game. There was a fan in the stands who made a bit of an unusual noise. I believe we've got some audio courtesy of a current affair. It's lame and no one's laughing, but this bloke seems pretty pleased with himself. A fan actually dared me. He said, you wouldn't go to the Australian Open and make a massive sex noise, and I thought it was quite funny, so, yeah, I kind of just just did it. There's a guy down there with his camera right now who's standing actually right next to Nick's box. How about that? Bit of controversy. Yeah, I don't know about don't know about that, Tim. So I think it was a Sydney man, Jamie Zhu. He's a so-called YouTube comedian and he he stood up... Like us. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of my brethren. We're friends. He stood up uh, whilst Kiros was serving and started making this loud noise. Here it is again. I mean, that sort of thing has no... That sort of yelling and screaming has no place in uh, male tennis. I mean, in women's tennis, I mean, it's every it's every second game. But in male tennis, it is just has no place. The thing is, he actually went to six women's games before that. Nobody noticed. <laughs> um, he was... So, Current Affair actually interviewed uh, Jamie Zhu about the incident. And he, he offered this interesting little tidbit. According to Jamie, he's Australia's answer to Oprah Winfrey. Australia's answer to Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> Tim, I'm just looking at it online now. He's got two million Facebook likes. Uh, we're close behind, but not... Oh, <laughs> how many million are we on? <laughs> Sammy, but there is some good to come out of this. Obviously, you know, it disrupted the match. He was evicted. Kyrgios was annoyed and upset. Mm-hmm. However, look on the positive. Look on the bright side. It has given us a little bit of material for our new podcast opener. Take a listen. You're listening to the Tim and Sammy podcast. It's lame and no one's laughing. Tim and Sammy. I think they're the only two people that think that this was funny. That is fantastic. No doubt it will certainly cost them when they finally decide to grow up. Great to catch up. You're listening to the Tim and Sammy podcast. Eddie humour that might appeal to a 10-year-old. G'day, everybody. You're listening to the Tim and Sammy podcast, our new opener. I think it's got merit. I think it does too because nobody likes us. Tim and Sammy. Tim, we've got some new uh, Trump news. And yeah. I always turn to you for the latest in I know. political news, Sammy. What's the going US on? US politics, I'm at the forefront of it. Uh, he's, he's done a little bit of a health test. I'm not sure he had a bit of a health scare, but... No, I, th- I think this is the thing that all presidents do, is that they all undergo this physical um, exam, physical health test, just to mm-hmm. make sure that they're all in top neck. Which I'm sure which some of the... was one of the t-shirts that uh, <laughs> Christos Kyrgios was uh, wearing <laughs> as well. I believe, actually, Sammy, we actually have a bit of exclusive audio of the physical fitness test that the president undertook. Really? Really. Take a listen. The multi-stage fitness test will start in five seconds. Ready. <laughs> start level one, one. Oh, my God. I... Wait for it. Okay. Level one, two. So, there we go. That's the, ex- <laughs> that's the exclusive. I think he topped out at one, three. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a valiant effort. Jeez, that brought back horrible memories. Some painful memories. memories. Oh, my God. Year seven. Horrible, P. wasn't it? Doing the beep test, I was, I'd, I'd conk out about seven, seven, four. Yes. 
But um, but you keep going until about seven five, seven six, seven eight. Yeah, yeah. Because then the teacher be like, "Yeah, that's your beep." And I'm like, "Oh no, oh no, I just made." No, it. I'm talking to the other Sam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as a bit of a chubby funster, um, it was my favourite PE class by the second half PE class because <laughs> I had to do nothing. Um, Speaking of chubby funsters, um, Donald Trump. Yes. Uh, there are actually a couple more details out from his physical fitness test. Mm-hmm. Um, it was discovered that the president takes a cholesterol-lowering drug oh. called Ruvastin, and right. he also takes a cholesterol-increasing drug called popcorn chicken, <laughs> uh, which is interesting. So Trump was apparently very healthy, and many were asking, how how can he be this healthy? How can he be this healthy? And, doesn't uh, he have a horrible diet? I think it was the doctor that said, it's called genetics. I don't know. <laughs> he said that some people just have great genes. I told the president that if he had a healthier diet over the last 20 years, he'll live to be 200 years old. 200 years and old. And that's a fact. <laughs> so this that's, the, that's the doctor. That's, that's the, the doctor chief, saying the chief this. medical officer. Like, I don't know, like 200 probably? Um, <laughs> I don't know why you're healthy, but if you're healthy, you could live definitely to be 200. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the guy that conducted the, the test, so we can definitely be sure that that's, that's all above board. Um, he also... Trump also conducted cognitive tests. I think he asked for a cognitive test as well, just to put to rest some of these rumours about his mental health. Right. Oh. Um, I understand he, he actually took the hardest cognitive test known to man. Really? The AFL concussion test. <laughs> uh, he was asked what the score was, who they were playing. Uh, he passed, but he'll sit out the fourth quarter just, <laughs> just to be safe. A few people would be pretty happy if he sat out the fourth quarter of his term. Yeah, um, <laughs> they would, wouldn't they? But no, but all, overall... There was no cause concern, which I imagine was a great disappointment to no one. Um, <laughs> well, well, the doctor did actually say one thing, that he, he thinks Trump needs to lose about 10 to 15 pounds of, of body weight. Oh, sorry, I was... Uh, pounds oh, of what? Of money. Feathers. <laughs> um, but, and credit to Trump, he's actually started this process. I don't know if you were watching TV last night. I saw this ad, which caught my eye. For over 30 years, Light and Easy has made it easy for Australians to lose weight, save time, and enjoy a healthier way of living. You can enjoy the world's greatest steaks in your own home with family, friends. <laughs> Start getting in shape for summer with nutritious, chef-designed meals to provide the ultimate tenderness and flavour. Discover how Light and Easy can help you by calling 13 15 12 or visiting lightandeasy.com.au today. One bite and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. We know exactly what he's talking about. How does about. he find the time to do this? Amazing. Tim and Sammy. Sammy, big Pope news during the week. No doubt you're following him closely. <laughs> oh, uh, I've, I've got him on all the socials. <laughs> Pope Watch. Yeah, yeah. App. Yeah, yeah. Snapchat. He's all over it. <laughs> uh, Pope Francis has performed an impromptu mid-air wedding ceremony for flight attendants on a flight to Chile. No way. Can you believe this? What? Uh, Pope Francis performed a wedding for a steward and a stewardess whilst flying between two Chilean cities. Right. Uh, Paola Podes Rias, 39, and Carlos Chifudi Eliordia, 41. Uh, they're shout very. Out, shout out to them I'm, if they're listening. I'm sorry, I'm not going to let that go. <laughs> <laughs> very well pronounced. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, right. Good pronunciation. Apologies to our Chilean listeners. They had a civil union eight years ago and they told the Pope uh, that. They were going to get married in a religious ceremony, but it was cancelled because the church they were going to be wed in was destroyed in an earthquake in 2010. So they asked they asked the Pope to bless their first marriage, but the Pope said, well, do you want me to marry you? 
And they asked, are you sure? And he said, yeah, of course. The Pope performed the brief ceremony in the front of the plane. I'm sure that that was after a a brief misunderstanding where the the Pope was actually asking them to marry him. (laughs) Do you want me to marry you? And uh, and there was a bit of awkwardness, but he then, you know... He agreed to perform a marriage ceremony instead. Sammy, we can see it all on the new season of Channel 9's Married at First Flight. Oh! <laughs> which is coming coming soon. The Pope says he's, he has performed around 40 marriages, but he's never performed a marriage on a flight. So um, this is the first. Yeah, but, wow. he's like, but he has performed a baptism on a train. Um, <laughs> has he? Actually, yeah, they're making a movie about it, starring Liam Neeson, <laughs> I believe. Does the Pope have his own private plane as well? No, I think he flies... Um, the one of the Italian national carriers. Oh, it's not um, Jetstar or anything. No. Uh, Doesn't he fly? Um, it's, Air, the president's got one. He's got um, he's, Air Force One. Yeah, I think the Pope has Air Force None. <laughs> <laughs> oh, does he? Bit of an Air Force pun there for you. Yeah, uh, hey, oh well, I regret two everything. From, two from two. Two from two. Swish. Time for another apology. <laughs> I think we will have to. <laughs> well, Sammy, in yet another Tim and Sammy exclusive, yes. we've managed to secure the audio. From the plane, from the marriage wow, ceremony we? that the Pope conducted mid-air. No way. We've got contacts everywhere. We've got contacts crazy. everywhere. It is in Italian. Okay. But I speak a little bit and I'm happy to translate <laughs> as we go. So this is the Pope marrying two Chilean flight attendants mid-air. Ladies and gentlemen, we are gathered here today in Jetstar Premium Economy. To witness this most holy of unions between seats 72A and 72B. (laughs) If there is anyone here, here, here or here, who knows of any reason (laughs) why these two should not be joined in holy matrimony, simply alert any of the cabin crew by pressing the flight attendant call button. By the power bestowed upon me, I now pronounce you husband and wife. You may now remove your seatbelts. I mean, it's so beautiful. I mean, congratulations. Oh, I've got tears in my eyes. That was that was amazing. I, I didn't know you spoke Italian. Just a little. That's why you always say ciao at the end of our conversations. <laughs> DMS Sammy. Sammy, big movie opened this Thursday, I think. A lot of movies coming out at the moment. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of movies open every week. That is true. <laughs> I just keep bringing them out. I know, it's amazing. I mean, what will Netflix they... has killed it off. But yeah, no, what like... will they think of next? <laughs> uh, so there's a new movie out. New movie I want to draw your attention to. It's The Commuter, which opened uh, on Thursday. Um, Liam Neeson's new movie. Okay, yes. Yeah, sounds thrilling. The well, Commuter. <laughs> the Commuter. Liam Neeson plays Michael, a regular man who becomes involved in a violent murder conspiracy. So it's good to see him branching out and accepting yeah. a couple of different like, roles. What form of transport hasn't he done this <laughs> on in a movie yeah. yet? Planes, cars, freight trains. Now it's like commuter trains, you know? So I think he's he's on a commuter train and he gets approached by a strange lady played by Vera Farmiga. I've seen I've seen the trailer. Seen the trailer. And she gives him a hypothetical offer, which then embroils him in a big murder conspiracy. They've tried to make catching the train to work scary. <laughs> like the, the woman's first line is, I've never been on a commuter train before. Seriously? What? She, she's, she's like 35. <laughs> Who hasn't got a train ever? Anywhere. They're trying to make they're trying to make catching a train scary. I mean, they are running out of vehicles to make scary. Yeah. So, so they've done buses, they've done planes, they've now done trains. Yeah. yeah. Is there going to be like an Uber one? Liam Neeson in yeah. Uber? Yeah. Uh, Liam Neeson in a dinghy, a tugboat. <laughs> Haven't had a tugboat one yet. 
Liam Neeson in Tugboat. Yes. <laughs> What'll be called? Like, I don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> but what I do have is a small fishing boat. <laughs> I'm going to tug this boat. <laughs> I'm going to tug it all the way. <laughs> now, Tim, all these Liam Neeson movies, Taken 1, Taken 2, Non-Stop, Unknown, <laughs> Taken 3, <laughs> Run All Night, The Commuter, they all follow the same pattern. It seems like Liam Neeson just cannot... Use transport Because every time he does Either he dies His family <laughs> die Someone else dies Oh, Why does he just drive there Why does he keep yeah. resisting Maybe this is why He keeps making these movies Because he's got to find A new way to get to work <laughs> So maybe the computer's Maybe the computer's Like a documentary <laughs> He's always And be like Liam why don't you drive He's like well, It's bad for the environment I'm going It's better <laughs> I understand to prepare him for the violent nature of the role Liam Neeson spent three months working as a metro ticket inspector oh. just, to, just to prepare anyway uh, the commuter opened on Thursday in all cinemas except East Richmond which I thought was a nice <laughs> I thought that was a nice touch um, they actually filmed it on a real commuter train believe it or not so, really? yeah which presented its own challenges um, here's a little clip um, it's a little violent it's, it's pretty rough but here's one of the fight scenes from the movie who are you Connor? why are you following me I thought it was going I thought it was going somewhere else but it, No, it's going to Richmond <laughs> and, it, and it's changed here for Alamein, Belgrave, Lillardale Services <laughs> Tim and Sammy Tim, in rugby news, the uh, ex-Wallabies great George Smith, he's been arrested in Tokyo after he allegedly assaulted a taxi driver while drunk. He, uh, yeah, he Really? Ran, yeah, yeah, he uh, oh, ran away without paying the 9,830 yen fare. It's $110. Um, they leave the meter running, don't they? <laughs> yeah, but, <he's>, but <laughs> in, when this came across my news desk... <laughs> Your news desk? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have a regular desk. <laughs> when someone pointed this no, out to me... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners don't know that I have many desks Okay <laughs> I mean is a rugby player Being drunk and disorderly Really a story? Um, <laughs> no, he's, he's just doing it In another country now That's the new bit Yep so uh, Smith He's played 111 tests For Australia He's been charged With robbery Resulting in bodily injury um, And he denies the charges um, Apparently he The officer said He tried to run But the driver caught him Now that's the first hole In the story <laughs> The man is an international Elite athlete And the taxi <laughs> driver Caught him? Well, I guess he is a front rower <laughs> So he's saying I was drunk I don't remember I didn't do such a thing But I think we've got to remind George That being drunk and not remembering Is not the same as didn't do it They're different things You can't say You definitely <laughs> didn't do it But also I don't remember <laughs> It's just covering all bases Rugby Australia has released a statement Saying it is mon- monitoring the situation uh, They've said Rugby Australia is investigating Reports of an incident Involving George Smith in Japan and that's the end of the statement. Well, they seem like they're bloody on top of it there. It reads... <laughs> that's, the, that's the whole statement. It reads so much like they were asked about the incident, um, like the way your siblings ask you, now, you know it's mum's birthday tomorrow. And you're like, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, presents wrapped and ready. And as soon as they walk away, you're like, crap, what the hell am I going to get mum at 11.30 on a Wednesday night? I'm investigating the possibility of a Mother's Day present. <laughs> like, it was such a subpar response from, from uh, Rugby Australia. Like, they clearly know nothing. 
Uh, well, it is rugby. That should be expected. <laughs> I'm surprised the statement was even spelled correctly. <laughs> Sammy, let's keep the Japanese news coming. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You, I think we should make the podcast purely Japanese <laughs> news. Well, your hiragana is coming along pretty well, Sammy. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And my katakana is on, on point. the way. Um, last week, we had big Japanese canoe news. Yes, we did. Canoe news. Canoe news. Uh, this week, we've got Japanese choo-choo news. <laughs> <laughs> We can't do that. We can and we did. We can and we did. Uh, Researchers in Japan have fitted a train with a speaker that barks like a dog in order to prevent collisions on the railway. What? Tokyo's Asahi Shimbun newspaper, which I know you subscribe to, (laughs) uh, reports that the combination of sounds is designed to scare deer away from the tracks in a bid to reduce the number of animal deaths on rail tracks. Officials from the Railway Technical Research Institute say that a three-second blast of the horn attracts the deer's attention, and at 20 seconds of dog barking is enough to make them take flight and run away. No way. Therefore preventing collisions on the rail tracks. So when I first heard this, I thought they're barking mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Any, any others? No. <laughs> no. Well, interestingly enough, they've actually put a bit of audio up online. This is what a Japanese train sounds like these days. <laughs> so good to see the barking dog man getting some work. Oh, He's yeah. big over there. Tim, some more investment finance news. Finally. I know. I mean, I mean let's just get all that light stuff out of the way and let's Ugh. get into the heavy, detailed financial news. Mm. What have we got? So, Tim, what happens to Bitcoin when you die? Great question. I, it's a great question. That's what attracted me to the article. <laughs> I don't have any Bitcoin, but for some reason I read it. So, Bitcoin offers a unique challenge upon death, which sounds exciting, doesn't it? <laughs> Uh, but because they only exist in virtual form, they're encrypted, they're extremely mm. secure. So mm. each Bitcoin owner has their own password or key. Oh, no need to explain it, mate. <laughs> I, I think we do. Well, just for my own benefit. <laughs> that allows uh, secure access to Bitcoins. So unfortunately, there's no method of retrieving this if if uh, this private key if someone dies because there's no um, central authority that tracks them. So like Facebook, if you die, you write to Zuckerberg. You're like, hey. With your family would. <laughs> well... I mean, there's probably some kind of ghost book. I don't know. They're pretty good. Over there. Um, but yeah, with Bitcoin, uh, there's nothing like that. If you pass away without leaving anyone this uh, pri- private key, you know, there's no way to get it back. When the time comes, people think about you know antique heirlooms, family treasures. Mm-hmm. We're adding Your cryptocurrency money. to yeah, that. Cr- yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now. So how do you? Well. Uh, you can look. Obviously, you can just make sure someone knows your password, that you trust them with the private key, or you can put the, your little key on like um, in a safety deposit box, like mm. a bank, or you can store it on a on a USB um, or a good old fashioned piece of paper, Tim. You just write it on a piece of paper. But it goes on to say, you know, it is important to provide instructions and access to your entire entire digital life to your friends and family, which um, you know, it's lucky for everyone in my life. I keep all my details on a note in my phone, which has no passcode, <laughs> so anyone can access it at any time. <laughs> If you give trust, you will receive trust, Tim. Speaking of which, Sammy, if in the unlikely event, mm. do you want to just write down your Bitcoin key right there on this piece of paper for <laughs> yeah, me? Sure. Because this podcast died about 20 minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of making my own gallop coin. Gallop? God. Tell, p- tell me about gallop coin. Oh, it's got a picture of me on it, with yep. smiling with two thumbs up. Great. Is that the $2? Yeah. The two dollar stand. Sorry, that's the two garlic coin. And then one thumbs up for one garlic coin. Um, Yeah, and they'll just, I don't know, people just send me money and they'll send them a picture of it or something. Because that's how, that's, that's how money works. (laughs) Yeah, just. What, what would you use garlic coin for? Oh, so much stuff. The applications. Okay, garlic coin. Do you want to be serenaded randomly? No. But if I did. Garlic coin. (laughs) Um, If I want to buy a coffee at a Malvern. 
Coffee shop? Gallop coin. coin. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> I could totally give him gallop coin. Um, if I want to get a friend to pay for brunch because I my cart doesn't work again, gallop coin. coin. I just give you gallop coin and you pay, and it's just as valuable. Yeah, sure. It's just a it's an, it's a printed out piece of paper with my face on it. But you can redeem that for a serenade. <laughs> I don't think you understand how cryptocurrency. You want to cash one in now? Come on. <laughs> okay, I'll do it right now. Oh, that's one bitcoin, right? No, gallop coin. Gallop coin. <laughs> Forgotten the name How already. can we be lovers if we can't be friends? Tim and Sammy. Sammy, almost out of time for another week, but That's I think it. we do have a little bit of time for any other business. Have any you got other, anything? Any other business? Yeah, yeah, I saw a couple of things. There was a, a drone rescue. With the world's, oh, really? Yeah, the world's first drone rescue in Australia. Really? Yeah. Uh, it was in Lennox Head. Two teenage boys were seen in distress about a kilometre north of the patrol area in Lennox Head, New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were set 700 metres offshore in a swell of about three metres. A member of public reported seeing the boys and within two minutes, the drone had located them wow. and dropped an inflatable flotation device to them. Amazing. Now, the rescue drones were only unveiled at Lennox Head that morning. You're kidding. That morning, yeah. Um, what a coincidence. So, it's a collaboration between Surf Lifesaving and the government, um, the New South Wales government. Great. And so they've put, put and, a lot, and JB Hi-Fi, JB Hi-Fi. They've put a lot. They've put a lot of money into this. I can imagine drones yeah. are expensive. This so sort of equipment costs the, money. Yes, yeah, so gallop coin. They, <laughs> there's a lot of pressure on Surf Life Saving New South Wales that these will be worth it. So I mean, for this near drowning to happen on the same day, <laughs> the drones launch. The timing is to say the least suspicious. <laughs> Like, I think some of those surf lifing saving people like, thank God some kids nearly drowned today. <laughs> the boys clung to the rescue pod that was dropped and they were able to swim to shore. Um, they said there's no, there is no other life-saving operation or organisation worldwide that is doing what we're doing on the size and scale. What we're doing is innovative and we know that most of or all of the life-saving organisations around the world are stepping back and waiting to see how this goes at Lennox Head, New South Wales. Really? So we're going to replace lifeguards with drones? Yep. That's the new yeah, yeah. We're replacing lifeguards with drones. We're replacing lifeguards with drones. So soon, Channel Ten will be showing Bondi Drone Rescue. <laughs> yes, <laughs> hosted by the TX One Hundred. <laughs> Are we going to teach these drones how to, you know, sit on a tall chair, uh, <laughs> look at women in their bathers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, they'll have to play in a play in a beach cover band. Uh, obviously, when the drones are being brought into circulation, they have to pass their copper medallion. Um, <laughs> Tim, Triple J this year have moved the Hottest 100 to the 27th of January um, instead of the 26th, uh, which is currently Australia Day in a bit of an um, objection to the, the date that it's on. Mm. Um, but Corey Bernardi is uh, the leader of a party. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to let that slide. What party is he the leader of? The... Liberal, Lambert. Yeah, sort of. The Australian Conservatives, I think. Is it? Yeah. Oops. Um, <laughs> is it? He's the leader of the Conservatives. Oh, and of course, I knew it was Australian Conservatives. Yeah. See, look, what? I know things. So, Corey Bonani, he's made his own hottest one. Has he really? Yes. Uh, and he's and there's a lot of ba- a lot of famous artists. Uh, Who are some of the artists that he's included? Um, some of the artists that he's included, people such as uh, you know, Savage Garden, um, Darren Hayes has, has canned it, Powderfinger, Hilltop Hoods. A lot of people are wanting to be taken off. Sure. Uh, Corey Bernardi's list. Yeah. And now the senator denied claims he was politicising the playlist by sharing it on his party website and Twitter account. I mean. I don't know how I can deny it. That's exactly what he's doing. <laughs> he's made an alternative Hottest 100 to be played on Australia Day in direct response to Triple J moving theirs uh, because it's a highly p- political issue. That is exactly what he's doing. He also posted it 
on his political party website. <laughs> but, no, not politicising at all. He's not no. politicising at all, no. No, no, no. It's also, he's saying, no, I just love these songs, but that doesn't even... No. Because it's hard, I'm really, it's really hard to imagine Corey Bernardi enjoys Hilltop Hoods. <laughs> he described their award-winning brand of Aussie hip-hop as boppy little songs. <laughs> Is it like the Triple J one in that it's voted for by the public, but it's the songs that get a real minority of the votes that get included, like Corey himself? Is that how it's going to work? Yes. Yes. You don't understand that, I- do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, Sammy, that's it. We're officially out of time for another week. That's right, Tim. We are out of time. Uh, it was a bit of a tough news week, but no news is good news. Well, not for a news podcast. <laughs> not, it's, a not. Ter- it's a terrible week. No, nah, well, you know. Look, guys, next week we've got a big another week. I'm sure very, many more apologies. <laughs> After a couple made. of those segments, we'll <laughs> yeah, have a lot of apologies so. to give. Anyway, thanks for listening. You can catch us on all your socials at Tim and Sammy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast or Stitcher if, you, if you're on Android. Uh, we got we got them all. We got them all. It's free. It doesn't cost any garlic coin. No, not at all. But I can, I will be buying my train ticket uh, with that. <laughs> I'm off to catch one now. With Liam Neeson. That's it. We'll see you next week. I think they're the only two people that think that this was funny. <laughs>